Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. And this morning we have come to worship this newborn king of the Jews. Talking about worship. Wasn't it great to be in the presence of the Lord today since his anointing this morning? I hope your Christmas was wonderful, but most of all, I hope it was Christ-centered. Filled with old memories and you were able to make new memories. Let's begin reading in verse 1. We're going to read verse 1 and 2 for the foundation of our sermon today. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, even though we are familiar with this story, I pray that the familiarity of the story will not cause us to miss the wonderful truths that are here. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us into the freshness of your word. For your word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Open our heart to receive. Give us ears of understanding. And all God's people said, amen. It is generally believed by Bible scholars that these wise men came from the east, and they arrived approximately about two years after the actual birth of Christ. And the earnestness of their search, the earnestness of their worship and gifts, and then their desire to return home to share their spiritual experience with others has a whole lot to teach us. You'll notice in the, your notes that you received this morning when you came in, first thing I want to talk about is wise men from afar. Truth is, little is known about these men. The word translated wise men, magi, refers to a group of scholars who studied the stars. Their title connects them with, with magic, but they were probably more like astrologers, scientists of their day. And God gave them a special sign, a, a miraculous star that announced the birth of the king. And the star led them to Jerusalem where God's prophets told them that the king would be born in Bethlehem. They went to Bethlehem, and there they worshiped the Christ child. We don't know how many wise men, how many magi there, there were, 
from the three gifts that were presented, um, most people have concluded there were only three. Though that's not certain. Most likely there was a caravan. They traveled with a, a group of people and... Uh, and when the caravan arrived in Jerusalem, there was enough of them to trouble the whole city. Maybe one or two travelers or three travelers was a norm, but a caravan would have gotten the notice of everyone. And we know from the scriptures that all of Jerusalem was troubled when they heard the news. Write this word under B. Write the word history. There's a common thought as to who these men were. One common thought is this. They were Babylonians who had inherited the prophecies of Daniel from their ancestors. They were astrologers in the royal court of the king of Persia. What is profound to this story is, is this. They were unexpected worshipers of Jesus. One theologian writes this, many sources from this period report the skill of Magi. But Matthew's audience would have probably recalled the, the, first, the first wise men in their Greek translation of the Old Testament. And that would be Daniel. The time period when he lived. Daniel's enemies, whom Daniel's narrative portrayed in a, in a negative light as selfish, incompetent, and brutal pagans. Perhaps the wisest of the wise men was Daniel, who hundreds of years before, about 500 years before, who may have shared the prophecies of the star with a group of Pagan stargazers, he once led as a voice for godliness. You remember, Daniel was exalted to be second in command and was over all of Babylon because he had uh, the trusted uh, heart of the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Is it possible that while living in Babylon, that Daniel searched the scriptures and would tell the stories of his faith and, and the hope of a Messiah that would one day be born. Several hundred years before this account in Matthew, Daniel may have wisely shared the prophecy of the star, which would mark the coming of the Messiah with the Babylonians. There's a very obscure prophecy in the book of Numbers 24, verse 17. And that prophecy is this. Our star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. Can I stop here and challenge you? Never underestimate the power of your influence, the power of your voice. Even while living in Babylon, have a consistent voice for godliness. Stand up for truth and be a worshiper of Jehovah God. The Babylonian Magi may have recorded this fact, which possibly stood out to them. Think about this. Generations later, when the star appeared to their ancestors, they may have begun their journey to the land of Daniel to crack 
the mystery. Think about this. Is it possible that this was passed down from generation to generation all because one man was faithful? He was a man of integrity. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of wisdom. And could he, while living in Babylon, talked about a day when a Messiah would be born who would take away the sins of the world, that this, this man-child, this God-child, this holy child would be born. And the star would be a sign to go looking, searching for him. Write this under C. Write the word Gentile. These wise men were Gentiles. But Jesus was born in Bethlehem to a Jewish family, to the people of God. The wise men were a foretaste of the church to come. For this child born in Bethlehem was not just for the Jewish people. He was for whosoever would believe. These wise men that speak to you and I, that we too become the covenant people of God as we set out to worship him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can somebody say amen? What an example then these wise men set in seeking Christ. For you see, traveling in ancient times was miserable. The exposure and the danger from criminals shortened many lives. But these men came because they believed that no obstacle was too great. I'm concerned that we allow too many obstacles to keep us from worshiping the king. I'm concerned in today's society in 2020, 2021, it's become too convenient not to worship the king. My hope and my prayer for us is that we'll push past the obstacle, we'll push past the fears, we'll push past the danger, and we'll worship the king in spirit and in truth. Imagine, imagine if these wise men received this prophecy from tradition passed down all the way from Daniel. Your faithfulness today should the Lord tarry, can affect generations yet to come. Live in such a way that generations following you will be impacted to seek the Christ. Live in such a way today, have such an impact, live with such integrity, live with such authenticity that generations to come will hear of your family's faithfulness and say, I want to know that God, I want to know that Messiah, I want to know that Jesus, I want to serve him. Live in such a way today 
that your children's grandchildren will know the king of kings and the lord of lords can somebody give god praise today live in such a way that will cause others to say i want to worship the king brings us to our second point wise men still worship verse 2 where is the newborn king of the Jews, they asked. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, verse 10... They were filled with joy. Don't let others steal your worship. Don't let things steal your worship. These men had traveled many miles over mountain terrain and desert lands and dangerous territory, all for the sake of worshiping the newborn king. See, wise men will traverse from afar. There are examples to you and to I of what it means to be men of perseverance, to be people of faith and pursuit. May they serve as inspirations to you and I of pursuing the presence of God, of pursuing the gift of God, of Jesus, the newborn king. Let me ask a very pointed question. How far Are we willing to go to worship the Lord Jesus in this season? Are you willing to forego comfort? Are you willing to forego luxury? Are you willing to forego safety? A.W. Tozier, the great writer of the last century, prophetic in his writings, wrote this. We live in a spiritually troubled time in history. Christianity has gone over to the jingle bell crowd. Everyone is just delighted that Jesus has done all the sorrowing, all the suffering, and all the dying. They just don't want to die themselves. They just don't want to suffer themselves. They just don't want to participate in the sorrow. 
See, wise men are willing to forgo danger, comfort, and convenience in order to worship. And in 2022, let's set aside all of our worries and set our pursuit on God, his presence, and his son. Though challenges may be before us, let us come to where he is and worship him. Write this word, write the word joy. They were filled with joy. Now, the New Living Translation doesn't really give us the true meaning. I mean, joy is a powerful word, but as you look in the Greek, it really is an excitement, an exuberant joy, a shout, a praise, a dance. We in our Christmas stories, we have shown the three wise men as coming and real dignified in their worship, real dignified in their, in their celebration and no emotion. But in the original language, it depicts emotion. It depicts a, 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 a dance much like those in the Eastern first century would do when they heard the exciting news. When the star reappeared to them and led them to Bethlehem and led them to the house where the child was, they could not contain their worship. See, their worship was more, it was befitting of a king. They realized that they had found the Messiah, so there was a dance. There was loud singing, especially if there was a caravan that had traveled with them for many months miles, they had begun to break out in song, break out in worship, break out in celebration. Church, don't let anyone steal your worship. You're not too dignified to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Remember where he's brought you from. Remember what he's done in 2021. Remember the victories. Remember the, the miracles. Remember that even though there's been setback, there's also been some victories. The chains have fallen. Let others hear your worship. Let others see your worship. Let others feel your worship. Let them feel your worship. This was the reaction of the wise men. But others didn't quite have the same. Look at the others' reaction. Write this, Herod was disturbed. Now, Again, the New Living Translation, we don't catch the scene. The King James uses the word troubled, gives us a little bit more depth. That original word means all shook up. For the literal sense of the word translated disturbed is to shake, to stir. The only other place the word is used in Matthew is chapter 14, verse 26, where it describes the fright of the disciples when they see Jesus coming toward them on the sea like a water-walking ghost. They were trembling. They were shaking. They were disturbed. Herod was shaking. He was disturbed. 
It added to his own mental frailties. For he had been designated the king of the Jews. Who was this child born king of the Jews? He saw Christ as a threat. He saw Christ and he became threatened by the thought there would be one called king of the Jews. This man was so mad. This man was so crazy. It tells us history confirms that he killed his own wife. He killed two of his children because he was paranoid that they would take his kingdom from him. Well, this adds a little bit to why Jerusalem was troubled. They knew the instability of Herod. Maybe they thought, what will he do now? He was disturbed. Write this under two. There was apathy. Herod heard what had happened. The caravan had come announcing the arrival. It spreads throughout Jerusalem. It gets all the way to the palace. And Herod calls the scribes, the teachers of religious law. He wants to know more about this Messiah. The priests knew the scriptures and they pointed others to the Savior, but they could not go and worship him for themselves. They quoted Micah chapter 5, verse 2, but they did not obey it. From Bethlehem to Jerusalem is only about five miles. There was such apathy that they could not even travel five miles to go see this mystery, to go see this possibility of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. They knew the scripture, but the scripture had not changed their heart, not changed their life. There's a danger today that we know the scripture, but we don't allow the scripture to change us. We don't allow the the scripture to, to be Lord of our life. Hear me today. You got to allow the scripture to change you. You got to allow the scripture to move you. There was apathy. The wise men teach us a powerful lesson. They come from afar. There was danger in traveling in these days. They traveled over mountainous areas. Traversed deserts. Risk their lives to bandits, all to worship the king. But those closest, those to whom the scriptures were giving, those who knew the prophecies, could not even go five miles to see for themselves. Herod was disturbed. Because it possibly meant a change in the status quo. He was hooked on position, on status. So his knees were shaking. I wonder today what keeps us from worshiping the king. I wonder what keeps us from pursuing 
and going after him. The scribes and teachers of religious law teach us that familiarity breeds contempt. Don't get so accustomed to the move of God that you're not moved by God. Don't get so accustomed to the move of God that you're not moved by God. Don't get so accustomed to the scriptures that you don't let the scriptures change you. Don't get so accustomed to the promises and prophecies that it's just another season. It's just another day. It's just another service. Church, we've come to worship the king. We've come to worship the Lord of lords. We've come to worship the alpha, the omega. We've come to worship our savior. Let's be exuberant in our worship. Write this under C. Write the word finish. Finish the journey. The wise men didn't allow Herod's demeanor to change them. The wise men did not allow the scribes and teachers of religious law, their apathy to move them. They finished the journey. Wise men will finish the journey. There's a great contrast between those who travel thousands of miles, hundreds of miles, possibly 1,500 miles to come and worship the king, contrasted with those who would not travel five miles. Wouldn't you think that the Jewish people would have been overjoyed at the birth of Jesus? Yet how odd it is that wise men came from another country to worship the newborn king. Whereas the religious leaders, we are told in the narrative, didn't even bother to go to Bethlehem if they had only realized who this king was. Finally, wise men give their best. After the interview, the wise men went their way. Verse 9, the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them, stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. They brought gifts fit for a king. Can I tell you the gift that God is looking for today that is fit for your king? It is your heart. It is you. It's your whole being. Jesus, when asked, what is the greatest commandment? He replied, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. They entered the house 
Verse 11, the English Standard Version says, going into the house, they saw the child with his Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures. They were not deterred by the humble surroundings of the house. It says that these priestly men bowed down. These three things that you and I must not overlook in this climatic verse is that the wise men fell down. They didn't sit up, they fell down. They knelt to the ground before the child and they prostrated themselves before this baby born in Bethlehem. And then it's intensified by the word uh, worshiped. They not only bowed down, but they began to, uh, to worship. And that word in the, in the original, it means to kiss toward. It's as if they bowed down and began to kiss the ground as they're moving toward the child. These men of royalty bowed before the king of Israel and all the while kissing the ground, they worshiped the king. It's intense adoration. They adored the Lord Jesus. All of their being was extended toward him. Think of the sight this must have been for Joseph and Mary. And then they presented their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Much has been said about the typology of these gifts. Don't get so lost in the typology that you miss Matthew's simple message. He wants you to see that these men of great status gave Jesus highly expensive gifts. And yes, they were indeed gifts fit for a king. These wise men brought the best they had. And the message today is bring the best that you have to God. Bring your being. Bring your heart. Bring your soul. Bring all of you. And worship the king. The last fill in the blank is this. They departed another way. Throughout the birth story, we see... We see divine intervention. The angels coming to announce. The angels singing from heaven to the shepherds. And now the angels appearing to the wise men in a dream. God's protecting his plan. And I need you to hear this. God's going to protect his plan over your life. God's going to guard his plan over your life. You may have had some trouble. You may have had some broken situations. You may have had some great sorrows. God is protecting his plan over your life. I cannot explain the loss. I cannot explain. There's no words to justify, no words that even make it help make sense. 
But what I know is this, is God is faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his word and he's not finished with you. And just like he protected the little boy, Jesus, he's going to protect you. He's going to protect your family. He's going to help you until one day we're all together in that heavenly home. Notice these wise men departed a different way than they came. I want to do a little play on words. It's important that you leave differently than the way you came. It's important that you leave differently than the way you came. We don't come to church just to have a Holy Ghost feel good time. We come to the house of God to worship the one who has saved us, who cleanses us, who causes the change to break in our life and will leave here transformed by his word. So this day, I wonder, will you stand with me? Will you lift your hands toward heaven? And will you ask the Lord to help you leave differently than the way you came? Why don't you at home stand there in your living room, lift your hands toward toward heaven and worship the king ask him to change and transform your heart your life your soul yes god jesus